this very moment, you're entering the vortex of Mystic Podcast. I am so excited to spend this time together, but before we do, I want to share something with you. I have created a meditation to prioritize our energy by healing and clearing our energy fields so that we are in our highest timeline and our highest frequency everywhere we go every day. And all you've got to do is to go on the show notes and download the meditation and listen to it today. Also, if you are loving my work, if you're loving my words, if you deeply connect to everything that I share into my energy and desire to work with me one-on-one to activate your divine gifts, to accelerate your spiritual ascension, and to come back to your truest, most authentic expression, make sure that you send me a DM on Instagram or that you go directly to my website, itaniela.arango.com. I can't wait to hear from you. Leah, I'm so happy to have you here. And, you know, breath work for me has been such a intriguing topic. I remember the first time that I did breath work, like in the way that, because this is what I, I want you to take us through the difference between different types of breath, breath works. Because, you know, I have been a yoga teacher. So I remember being really familiar with yogic, you know, breath work and, and, and those types of, of, of breathing techniques. But I remember the first time that I think I did the kind of breath work that you're going to talk about today. And that was like a life changing experience for me. So I am so excited to like have you in and, and take us into this whole journey of, of different types of breath works and the kind of breath works that you do and, and what that does for people. So welcome. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about the the difference. Like I want to hear about the difference between, you know, normic, normal breathing, I guess, yogi breathing techniques and the shamanic breath work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So the breath has been used for thousands and thousands of years as a medicine and cultures all around the world use the shamanic type of breathing that I specialize in to help you really heal and to help you move through emotions and to help you get embodied and to help you feel at a deeper level and to remove any blockages that might be in the way of you fully stepping into your potential. And so the shamanic type of breath work is one of my favorite most uh profound, incredible experiences for healing that I've come across. And I'm, I'm a lot like you. I, the very first experience I had at a shamanic breathwork ceremony changed my life. And I immediately was looking into facilitating breathwork because I just knew it was something that helped me so much. And I wanted to facilitate that for other human beings. And so it's very different than the yogic type of breath. So the, the the yoga type of breath has also been around for thousands and thousands of years. And traditionally in the yogic type of breath work, it's done in shorter periods of time. And oftentimes it's not linked, like the breath isn't linked to the other breath and to the other breath. And it's not typically done in a big ceremonial type of setting. Whereas in a breath work session, you can, you can go from you know, 20 minutes, you can go all the way up to an hour. Um, I don't really recommend going much more than that, especially if you're newer with the type of shamanic breath um, that I that I teach. So that's kind of a basic difference, right, is that the, the shamanic type of breathing is, is done in a ceremonial type of um, atmosphere. And it's done with the intention of 
um, healing or moving energy or moving blocked things that might be blocking you from your full potential. And um, so it's really, really a lovely form of healing. It's a really lovely form of expansion. Um, the, the shamanic type of breath can can lead you into a lot of different directions. It can take you into the physical body. It can take you into the mental parts of your being. It can take you into spiritual elements and it can be quite emotional or it could be all four of those in one, one session. And so it's really designed to go deep. It's really designed to help you come out of the conscious mind and get into the unconscious mind because oftentimes the healing is done in the unconscious mind, right? Like, like there's so much that sits in our unconscious. And in fact, 95% of our behaviors and our patterns and our, our way of being in the world is unconscious, right? That, so we, we use the breath to get out of the conscious mind and into the um, unconscious mind where we can begin to really heal at a deeper level. And the breath work and the modality is shamanic breath work and using that as a modality to help you go deep and move into the unconscious um, unconscious realms and can really open up new doors for, for new areas of healing and expansion. I love that. And I'm just thinking here, like we use, and, and you tell me if I'm, I'm wrong in this, but we use the yogic type of breath more to calm our nervous system or to, you know, get ready, connected to the body, maybe to get us going throughout the day, like just kind of like connect and regulate the body. And this sounds to me that it's like a whole other experience of true transformation using the breath to get into the subconscious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you made that distinction because we talk a lot about deep breathing. You hear a lot about mindfulness and deep breathing as a way to calm the nervous system and bring you into a state of presence. And the different type of yogic breathing along with just simple deep breathing can help you uh, get back into the body and help you regulate the nervous system. Um, or in some instances, like the breath of fire, it can help you... Uh, kind of rev up the nervous system in a way. If yeah, speed it up if you're if you're more in a kind of lethargic, unmotivated state, right? So it really depends on on what you're looking for and what you really need, whether you need the relaxation or the revving up of of the energy. Um, and the different types of breath work in yoga offer that opportunity um, to distinguish what you might need in each moment. And so that's the beautiful thing about the yogic breath, right? Um, and then the shamanic type of breathing will make your nervous system revved up. It's part of uh, really removing and getting out of the conscious mind um, and allowing for whatever comes up to come up. And in that, it is um, a revving up of the nervous system. That's part of the healing process. Um, so yeah, that once, thank you for making that distinction because that that's a really big distinction between the yogic type of breathing or the deep breathing that we hear about uh, mm. to help us with mindfulness and calming the nervous system. Whereas the shamanic type of breath work is really designed to take you to your edge. Because it, it definitely does because I do remember, um, again, the first time that I did it and ever since I've done it many times, but every time it takes me to the edge of, of, you know, it's this kind of feeling of like, oh my God, everything is bubbling up to the surface. And like, you know, it can be very confronting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It can, it requires courage. It, it definitely 
requires courage. But the beautiful thing about the shamanic breath work um, and how I was taught is you are in 100% complete control. So breath work and the style of breath work that I I, I teach uh, takes you to your edge much in the way that um, a plant medicine ceremony can, right? Where you take ayahuasca or uh, bufo or, you know, you're, you're putting these um, beautiful plants into your body, but you're at the mercy of the plants. Whereas in a breath session, if you stay open to the experience, you can actually have that same effect. However, you are in 100, 100% control of your experience. And this is how I really like to teach um, the, the, the breath work that I teach is like, yes, you can go there. You can have that same effect as if you were ingesting plant medicine. However, you're in control. So if it gets to be too much, you can back off of the breath. If it gets to be a little too scary, but yeah, it's meant to take you to your edge. Cause that's where the magic happens. That's where the transformation happens is what, what, what do we do when we're at our edge? Right. And I think as for anything that takes us on our edge or that is transformational in any sense or that, you know, it really is about the inner landscape, I think the most important thing with all of this is to feel that we're in a safe environment with a safe person or a safe leader that can really hold that transformational space uh, for us. Because this is one of the biggest things that I teach is how to hold that transformational space for people because that really allows us to either... Uh, grab on to the control that you're saying you have control or to surrender to the experience knowing yes I am in control but I am safe enough to really truly let go and allow the experience to move through me yeah absolutely absolutely I love I love that you brought this up because safety is key in any healing and the, the more safe you feel in your body the bigger the transformation and holding that space for people is really important. It's very important to hold a, not only a safe space, but a, a container that allows somebody to go into those dark places that maybe they've never been before because it's in those dark places that we begin to see the light. We have to go into the dark. We have to go into the shadows before we can ever expect to come out fully expanded and, and fully uh, ourselves living to our highest potential. So safety is so important. And that goes for not even just a a breath work session, um, but that goes for all healing, being able to, um, (laughs) being able to go into the dark places yourself as a facilitator, because you can't take your clients um, where you haven't gone. And so that's something that um, I think is really important as well is being a facilitator like you are and um, being a healer. It's important that you continue to do your work as well. And I don't mean you personally. <laughs> I mean, in general, right? Us facilitators. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so important for, for all of us to be doing this work and to lean into the, the dark and to lean into the shadow because it's it's really in the shadow that we're going to find the light. We can't have the light without the dark. And so many of us in the spiritual community want to love light, rainbows and unicorn everything away. And we're really just bypassing opportunities 
because there's so many opportunities in those deeper places. Um, um, and so, yeah, I think it's really important to lean into um, our edge and lean into those heavier places. Yeah, and I think I think one of the one of the things that I mean, there's so many things that are coming up in this conversation. I'm so happy we're having this conversation because the first thing, as you're saying, you cannot take people, you know until you've, you've taken yourself in those darker places to know that it's going to be okay and that you are going to be safe and they are going to be safe. And I think in those things is to, you know, as healers, as, as light workers, as, as those who come here with this deep service to quote unquote, save the world, I think it's really important for us to understand that it's not about saving the world. And I think we understand that as we do our own work, because if we haven't done our own work, a lot of the things that we do is just trying to save everybody and trying to, and I just want to, I just want to bring this up. So when I started teaching yoga, one of the biggest, (laughs) just laughing at myself right now, (laughs) one of the biggest things that came for me was like, I remember I telling my teacher, like, I am afraid to make the class too tough, like, you know, to, to be too tough on people. So I was kind of like, um, making my classes a little bit softer because I was afraid of put people in a, in, in a, in a position in which they were, you know, because what happens in yoga, and I'm sure anybody listening to this that has been to a yoga class knows that when you're in a yoga class and, and you're put in a position in which, you know, stretches you to the edge, anger comes up, anger comes mm. up and, and grief and, and, and sadness, like all of these things come up. And I remember that every time I felt that bubbling up on the surface in the, in the, in the room, like once I felt that wave, I would say like, okay, now let's change position. <laughs> mm. Oh, <laughs> and, this is so interesting. Right. Yeah. So then that was the first thing that that was the first lesson about holding a space for people, the ability to be safe within myself to hold people through their uncomfortability through that was one of the first ones about like allowing people to move through their own transformation without me needing to save them. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I I love that reflection. I love that reflection, uh, how you learned about yourself. You have this thing about maybe, um, people pleasing or, um, yeah, trying to, to get it right and not really, um, not really holding people, um, in their, in their deep emotions. Um, and so that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So how, yeah, go ahead. No, go, go. (laughs) You go. (laughs) I was going to ask you a question. I was going to ask you a question because I'd love to know more about this. So as far as the safety piece, how you began to feel safe within your own shadows, and then that translated into your ability to hold this beautiful container for others as they're in processing some deep emotions. I'd love to just know a little bit more about that, like how you got to that place of, of safety within your own self. Yeah. One of the things that changed the perspective for me was when my teacher kind of mirrored back to me and she said, what are the teachers that you learn the most with? Is it the teachers that are very soft and just kind of playing nice to you and, and, and just kind of, you know, don't push you too hard? Or is it the teachers that are able to hold you on the edge that you truly know they love you and they're going to be there for you and you're going to be fine and they're going to be fine? And I started to observe my environment. I started to observe what are the teachers that 
allowed me to grow the most and and what are the teachers that I truly believe they care and they're there for me. And in that mirror, I started to to really understand, you know, like I think like a veil unlifted in a way of like how I saw other people holding a space, like people that were a little afraid to push me to my edge, then it reflected that back to me because then I started being afraid whether I could or could not. If somebody makes the class way too easy, then I start to doubt myself whether I could go farther. But the other teachers and space holders that, you know, held that space for me, the more and more, because this is another thing, I put myself in the game. I put myself in the arena even more. I went to the teachers that pushed me to my edge. I went to different things that, that allow me to meet my own shadow and understand where do I feel safe. And the more and more I understood that, the more I, you know, began to feel comfortable with holding my own understanding of who I am, like that awareness, and then believing in myself that I can hold it and believing that people can hold it as well, that they are able to move through that. So, and here is one of the biggest things that I understood in in this, you know, almost eight years of holding a space for people is safe does not equal comfortable. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yes. Safe does not equal comfortable. And in in fact, you can feel safe in the uncomfort. And that's really where where the healing happens, right? Is feeling safe to be able to lean into the discomfort and know that you're going to come out on the other side, bigger, brighter, more vibrant. And then also knowing that this other person can hold that space for you as well. So you're not holding all of that density and that darkness and that the, the emotions um, yourself. So knowing that you're being held um, by somebody is important too. But yes, I love that. Safety doesn't always be equal comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because literally today I was writing something as a note for myself Uh, of some of the things that I teach about emotional intelligence and the ability to feel hard emotions and to to be in uncomfortable moments of stress or anxiety or or fight and flight and to hold ourselves through that, you know, the buildup of that tolerance of uncomfortability. And it was, I can do hard things with ease. Mm. And it is the thing, I think, you know, it's a whole topic about, and I, I love to hear your opinion on this too. It's like, we talk about easy and ease, like something easy or something done with ease. And I think there's a difference there. A lot of the things we believe that things need to be easy for it to be in alignment. You know, in the spiritual community, we talk about like, well, the easy route is, is the, the alignment is, is the way I am. Like it's effortless to be me. And I don't know. It's not necessarily true for me, in my opinion. I think it's more about we can do hard things with ease. Doing something with ease is an intention of taking care of ourselves and what we need in order to do the hard things, in order to move when it's scary, in order to to do the thing when when you know we are leaning into our edges and in our shadows. So I think there is a difference there of of things that are easy and things that we can do with ease, even if they're not easy. Yeah, absolutely. I think in the spiritual community, oftentimes we think that everything should be easy. And in that frame of mind, we bypass the opportunities to really grow and actually make things 
easy, right? So mm. we can bypass the healing and the depths and the, the embodiment and the safety that we really need to have to really live a life that's easy, right? So it's it's kind of, um, it's, it's a way that we talk around uh, actually doing the work uh, that allows us to live with more freedom and allows us to live with more flow and grace and ease. So we like to put on these masks in the spiritual community around, uh, man, I'm manifesting this and I'm attracting this and, um, and life seems easy on social media or out in the public, but really inside we're a mess. We're a mess because we're bypassing all the work that requires us to go inward and to go to our edge and to sit with the shadows and be with the darkness because it's in that that will really make life easier and will really allow us to attract what we want in life. Um, so, so it's interesting, this idea of, of easy versus ease. And I think it's just a way for us some of us, not all of us, right? Like, um, obviously, Absolutely. you and I have done a lot of work. Um, and, but it is, it is something that I see often in the spiritual community. And I think it's important to, like, it's important to, to not generalize, as you just said. You know, it's not like everybody in the spiritual community is doing this. I'm just, you know, it's one of the things that as, 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 um, um, as a lifestyle that it is becoming now more and more and more to bring a spirituality into our daily lives is it's this you know debunking of a lot of the things that had been fluff for a very long time and that it is our our I, I take it as our responsibility as a new leaders to debunk these things and to really go deeper into like, is that really true? And how does that look like for me? And it may, it may be true for me, but it may not be true for other people. So I think it's, is the, 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 um, again, the lifting of the veil into really looking at things from, from, from clarity and from, um, uh, truth of, of whatever that resonates with me or not. So it's important not to generalize, but to do say that there has been, you know, things in the, in the, in our community that perhaps, um, have not been completely transparent. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the word. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things that is really, um, I think unique about me and the way that I, I coach and the way that I lead you know, my breath work and yoga sessions is that I am a truth teller. <laughs> like there's, it's just the way that I was born. Um, and no, there's Luba. a way to, to bring in the truth and the authenticity um, and the compassion and the love, because you really need both um, as we navigate these really challenging times um, in the collective right now, a lot of things are coming up for a lot of people and it's okay. Like that's something that I think is really important. Coming back to the we can do hard things, Glennon Doyle talks about this often. And it's okay to be in the mess. I think mm -hmm. we see so often on social media and um, especially in social media, but kind of what we're being fed is that um, you can't be real and authentic and you can't show your messiness and you have to wear the veils. And like you mentioned, right, the veils and the masks and 
leaders in the conscious community are really stepping forward and saying, it's okay. There's a lot going on. It's okay to raise your hand and say, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm struggling. And this is how we build community. This is how we heal is, is being vulnerable and being authentic and being real and saying, I need help because there's so many leaders that are stepping up and saying, I can help you. I can hold that for you because I've done the work and I can hold that for you. You don't have to hold the collective anxiety and trauma and um, depression any longer. You don't have to hold that all on your own. You don't have to wear the veils and the masks. Like, it's okay. And so I love that you brought up it's, you know, we can do hard things because I just love the way that Glennon expresses that in her work. I love that. And thank you for saying that. I think that's, you know, such a uh, permission slip for anybody listening that a lot of the times that pressure of holding it together, that pressure of, you know, not showing what is actually happening in the inner landscape as, you know, a shame for, for that. I think it's really important, especially for leaders, because, you know, it's that pressure of like, where if you're a leader, you're, you're, you're supposed to have it together. And the truth is, is like, for me, for example, the moments in which I don't have it together, the moments in, a, in which I have to really do the work and, and, and phase my, my shadows and, and, and really be vulnerable with myself and with, with the people around me that hold me, that's when I actually unlock more codes and more lessons and, and deeper ability to bring that into my work. And, and, and I think, you know, I'm not saying that suffering is the way to, 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 <laughs> to like, you know, be wise, but it, but there is a lot of, of wisdom when we allow ourselves to do hard things, when we allow ourselves to, to, to not block the, the current experience, whatever the current experience is like for me, you know, I live in Sweden nowadays and, and the, the winters here are definitely something that takes a tool on my energy, on my mental, mental uh, health, all of the things. And, and it was really hard for me to accept even to myself that there was slight winter depression and, and that, you know, I went through that. It's like, I remember saying like, that cannot happen to me. Like I am, I am a leader of well-being and I'm a leader of, of a spirituality. Like, how can this happen to me? And the truth is, it's like, you know, being who we are and knowing what we do does not make us immune to our human experience. And it's, it's actually through those moments in which, you know, for the first time in my life, I've experienced depression that I created tools and, and navigated in a way that I was like, oh, wow, this is incredible and so useful for myself. And therefore, eventually, as I teach those things to, to other people. Yes, I love that. Thank you for sharing your some of your experience with depression because I too just recently went through a real dark time in my life and I hadn't been in that dark of a space in a really long time. And it's so important to allow those emotions to come up and to bubble to the surface and be with them and reach out for support and it's in the, the opportunity that, that we grow, right? It's in the opportunity of being with, like you said, right? Being with whatever's coming up for us 
Um, that's the healing, being knowing that you're safe, even in the, the dark feelings that might be coming up and reaching out for support and staying vulnerable, uh, even when you're in leadership positions. Once you're a seeker and if you're in the healing or coaching space, it is so important to always have your own support system because, you know, we don't stop being humans. The experiences that we have being human are going to cause some suffering. That's the one thing that the Buddhists talk about that really resonates with me is that that's the thing that we all have in common is that we all suffer. Mm. We all suffer. And being open with ourselves around our own suffering can open up doorways, like you said, um, new tools that you can uh, express to other people. And once again, kind of coming back to, you can only take people as far as you've gone. So if you're in the healing and spiritual space or looking to maybe be a life coach or a healer on some level, you know, even holding space in a yoga studio, you know, you got to do your own own work, kind of coming full circle back to that discussion and how important that is. So I love that you are super open about it. I know mental health in the United States is something that still is pretty stigmatized. And I think a lot of people have a lot of shame around it. I know I do. It's something I've carried anxiety and depression my whole life. And there's, there's some shame around it. So when we start to vocalize and put words to our experiences, the shame can't hold up any longer because shame really likes the dark. And so when we begin to mm. express it and bring it out into um, the light, it, it doesn't hold up anymore. So that's one of the most important things I think around shame as well, because I know that was kind of brought up in the way that you expressed your experiences. So, so yeah, yeah and it's, it's really <laughs> interesting too, because, you know, I, I've had anxiety in, in mild panic attacks due to a lot of inner healing <laughs> and a lot of things that surfaced uh, in certain periods of my life. So it's not like I have it all the time, but I had had it. Um, there was a period of my life in which they were coming very often. And I was really open in my social media about uh, those panic attacks and, and how I was dealing with them and, and the work that it took uh, for me to to move through that and to allow that. But the interesting part, it's that, you know, when he came to to talking more and more about that kind of thing, it was interesting to notice. And, and um, maybe, you know, somebody listening to this can feel this. It's like I never as a as a leader and as a I'm very open with the way I teach and the way I, I, I talk and the way I share. So I never thought that I would have any shame around sharing, you know, anxiety and sharing the the mild winter depression and, and, and those things. Like I've never thought that that was going to be a thing until it was, until I'm about to talk about it. And then I start thinking about what other people are going to say in my, in my positioning and things like that. So it's really interesting to, to notice that, you know, we don't know what we're coding with or what we're coded with in terms of uh, collective programming until we're in the space in which, you know, we're pushed into the edge, coming back to the first beginning of the conversation, until we push to the edge in which we're, we, in that edge, we've got to process whatever is bubbling up. But, you know, when we're not in that edge, 
we are have a very beautiful thing of you know lying to ourselves and and kind of mm. like bubbling up things so it is really interesting because what i want to say with all of this for anybody listening is that the reason why it's important to lean into our edges and the reason why it's important to 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 being in spaces in in safe spaces that pushes our off doors um, or outside of our comfort zone, it's because there are in those spaces that we can actually see the things that are holding us back. Otherwise, it's impossible to sit here in a perfect environment and say, you know, I, I don't have shame and I don't have this and I don't have fear. And it's like, you know, you're, you don't have fear. But the moment you're about to step out of the plane, I'm sure that some fear is going to come up. So the thing is like, you know, the more we move in the directions that we're being guided, the more it is that journey of realizing how capable we are, even though it's scary and how much there is to grow and to experience about who we truly, truly are. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's just really important for us now more than ever to be vulnerable with each other, to be open with what we're experiencing to lean in, like you said, to the edges, but not without support. Absolutely. I think in the last two years, this is what we're all really experiencing is this new level of consciousness. We're being asked to step up our level of consciousness in the world. And that requires us to go inward. We think that it's about doing things and being out in the world externally. And really what it is, is about going inward. And I think when, you know, uh, COVID first hit in 2020, right, a lot of us were forced to go inward. We were, you know, could no longer go out after work and with with friends and we were forced to to really go inward. And a lot of us didn't like what we saw. And so here we are, you know, two years later, and some of us are resisting it, I think, um, and others are really leaning into it. And so for all of your listeners who are leaning into this work and really helping to evolve the consciousness on this planet, no, you are not alone and we can't do it alone. You and I, Daniela, don't do it alone as leaders in this space. We also have coaches and healers and mentors. Um, so none of us can do it alone. And I think that that's the other really big thing that has come about in our recent time is that we got to build community around consciousness and um, and there's so many healers um, and people out there, coaches, who are willing to really hold that space for you to look at what's going on from an inside perspective. Because it's an inside job. Consciousness and changing the planet for the good is an inside job. And that's what so many, I think, spiritual people think that it's, it's how much can I do on the outside? How pretty can my Instagram feed look? And how many followers can I have when they're neglecting really pausing and going inward and doing the internal work and going into the edges and breath work as we started the conversation. It's just a beautiful way to, to, to allow that experience. It's a beautiful way to lean into the edges. Like we've talked so much about on today's show. So. 
I love that. And, you know, as you're saying that the thing that is like coming up to wrap up this whole thing is the way we change the world. It's, and, you know, it might sound very simple, but the way we change the world is by changing or not necessarily changing, but healing and remembering and experiencing our truth. And that is going inwards. So as you're saying, as we are being led into the changes of the new world and the creation of the new world, the creation of the new world is going to be a reflection of who we are. So we've got to remember who we truly are and do the work of, of, loving and compassionately looking inside of ourselves and realizing okay this is the the matrix per se or this is the 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 original blueprint that is actually creating my reality so if all of us go inside and change that matrix or that inner you know blueprint then what we see outside is going to be a very different reflection a very different world so in in I'm not going to say that there's not things that we've got to do and there's you know, a lot of people that have a mission to actually go out in the streets and to actually do a lot of things that required a lot of work in the physical plane. I'm not going to take that away from them. But what I'm going to say is that that mission looks very different for all of us. And the inner work is such a big piece that, you know, even whatever the mission is, is still a big part of all of us in general, like all of all of us. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I love that you said remembering who we are. And our internal world is an reflection of our external world. So absolutely, if we're not living the life we want to live, or we're um, experiencing some difficulties and challenges, the first place that I go is inward, because our inward world is a direct reflection of what's going on outside, right? And so I think that that's really important. And then I love that you talked about remembering who we are because we are all whole. We are all a a beautiful acorn that turns into a, a amazing oak tree that provides shade and fruit um, and strength, right? We all are that already. We are that. It's remembering that we are whole. And so a large part of what I do in my coaching is rem- helping people remember that, right? So we just have all these traumas or we have these experiences in life or we have these limiting beliefs that block us from knowing and embodying that wholeness. And so a large part of the work that I do is just removing those blockages Um, to help you remember that you are whole and complete and nothing needs to be fixed. Um, So, so yeah, I love that you reminded us of all of that, of our wholeness within. Thank you so much for being here with us and sharing your story. And, and again, it's, it's such a blessing to, to encounter those souls that are truly living in authenticity and in in alignment with their soul mission and, and that it speaks the way you do so passionately and your face just lights up um, every time you're talking about your work and what you do and, and your your story. I mean, it, it is really refreshing to hear you talk about all these things and, and to see the, the joy that it brings you 
as you talk about it. So I appreciate it so much, your time, your energy, this share, this conversation, truly a blessing. And I'm sure that everybody that is here also would like to get to know you and to follow you on, on socials and and to maybe even come and, and learn from you and experience a shamanic breath work. If, if anybody that is listening that's never experienced it before, I 100% recommend it. It truly is beautiful. So where where can people find you? Yeah, so people can sign up for my newsletter at leahmcquade.com. That's L-E-A-H-M-C-Q-U-A-D-E.com. And I send out newsletters once a week, um, sometimes twice a month. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram, leahmcquade one or on Facebook, leah.mcquade1. And um, I would love to connect with any of your listeners. I think it would be really lovely. I offer free 30-minute breathwork opportunities. So let me know. Reach out. You can send me an email at info at leahmcquade.com. If you're interested in, in testing out breathwork, uh, just to see if it's right for you, I um, highly, highly encourage you to book a free session with me. Just send me an email. Let me know. I'll be happy to set that up with you and see if um, a coaching and breathwork session, a longer session would be something that appeals to you and is appropriate for you. But I can give you a little taste of what it is. If it's something you've wanted to try, but maybe are a little bit hesitant, uh, I can walk you through it in 30 minutes to give you some peace of mind and see if it is something that might be appropriate for you. And so we can dabble in that a little bit. And I'd love to offer that to your listeners. So if you're interested in that free little mini breathwork session, let me know. Send me an email, info at leahmcquade.com and find me on all the socials. You can also send me a DM on any of the socials as well. Thank you so much. That is so lovely, Leah. Thank you again so much for being here. And thank you for all of you who are listening to this. I love you and send you a giant wave of energy. And I'll talk to you very, very soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening and for spending this time together. I'm here to awaken and activate as many humans as possible into their highest timeline. And if this episode supported you and touched you in any way, the best way to show me your appreciation and your love is to screenshot this episode and share it on your social media or to leave a review in whatever platform you love listening on. And if you're looking for additional spiritual support, you can always reach me at I am Daniela Arango on Instagram, or you can join my free Telegram channel, Daily Magic with Daniela Arango, and I will see you here on another episode.